the Diocese of Churches for the Sake of Others, is pleased to present the C4SO Podcast, a place to celebrate the voices and values of C4SO, a diocese of the Anglican Church in North America, led by Bishop Todd Hunter. You can learn more about us at c4so.org. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the C4SO podcast. I'm your host, Ben Sternke. And today we're talking with C4SO church planters, Tanner and Kara Griffith, who were ordained to the diaconate a few weeks ago and are planting a church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Tanner and Kara, welcome to the C4SO podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're glad to be here with you, Ben. Um, can you give us a brief sketch of your background, uh, maybe just to introduce yourself to uh, the audience here, how you got, and, and include maybe in there, how you got connected with C4SO and, and uh, church planting? Yeah, so my um, background is I'm a pastor's kid um, and eventually went on to seminary with a Southern Baptist background. And um, met Tanner. We planted a campus site church um, through an X29 church here in Raleigh um, about 10 years ago. Um, and then, really, probably three, four, maybe more than that, five years ago, we really started um, just discerning the Anglican way. Um, there was just something really drawing us to. Um, a liturgical practice, a sacramental view of the world. And um, so out of that place um, in 2020, we, Tanner, stepped down at the church we were at and we began to pursue ordination. Um, And Todd Hunter was one of the um, first bishops I was able to talk to. And it was just a place of tremendous peace for me in the room with him, especially um, coming from a background where women weren't ordained into um, a room with someone who just really listened well. And um, and so through that, we get we were able to get connected to C4SO. Yeah, my background is the same. So we both have pastors as dad, teachers as moms, both from Southern Baptist background. I went to Virginia Tech undergrad, went to, then we met at Southeastern, like she mentioned. Um, We have three kids, you know, along the way. Um, For me, I think it was, you know, some pastors, theologians that really started, like all of our stories that started us wondering about a different way from, Eugene Peterson, Dallas Willard, a bunch, you know, a bunch of kind of justice work was really on our minds. I know from a distance, voices like Esau's, um, Macaulay's were really, we resonated with a lot. And so we wanted to be part of a movement that was liturgical, sacramental, and like charismatic and justice centered. So, uh, you know, all the things that C4SO is. So on our way here, it was great to kind of get to know people and voices from afar. And then in the last two years, it's been great to get actually connected to the community at C4SA. That's great. Um, 
What, what uh, you know, from your background of kind of planting a site church for a non-denominational multi, multi-site church, um, and now you're planting kind of from scratch, so to speak, uh, as an, an Anglican church with C4SO, what are some of the similarities in that process in your experience, and what are some of the differences uh, between doing a site church versus kind of planting something from the ground up? The similarities are kind of the entrepreneurial side of like building um, and building, especially into relationships where people will be helping you um, get this thing off the ground. Um, the, there's a lot of differences there too. One is the risk. You know, with the site church, there's no financial risk, at least at the beginning. Um, there is a lot of material. Like we were planting something that was already fully designed. We literally had, you know, all the, we didn't have to think about 501c3s or we did not have to think about bank accounts, accounting, you know, website. So um, in some ways there's those similarities in terms of like entrepreneurial beginnings but then there's the differences in um, all the resources. Um, but then the cool part, I think, for us this time is we are different. Mm-hmm. So we have shifted. We've wondered how to plant and lead contemplatively from the beginning. And how do we work from following versus in, in waiting and listening um, to just activity, I guess, is what I would call it. So we've changed mm-hmm. is a big part of the difference from 10 years ago to now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like that. I like, um, I like what that implies, uh, that, that you're beginning with a contemplative uh, approach rather than just kind of scrambling activity to try to get something mm-hmm. sort of visibly off the ground. Um, what, maybe you'd say a bit more about that. What, do, what does that look like for you then, um, to begin with a contemplative approach? Like what are some things that you're doing differently, concretely, um, this time around than maybe you did before? So I'll let Kara talk about this, but just our last core, we were going to have a core strategy meeting and Kara had spent some time in prayer and said, Hey, I think we need to shift this meeting in second. I think that meeting is a yeah. example that Kara could share what we did at that meeting. Yeah, I think there's the kind of consistent holding out of there are certain things that need to happen and into this to-do list um, and holding that very loosely. Um, and so leading up to a launch, it I felt that we needed to have these different launch meetings and interest meetings and all these kind of things. And, and I just really... I had that agenda and I just really sat in prayer and felt just, I just felt a inclination from the Lord of like, I think you need to release that back into your team and um, ask them. And so we gathered with our, our group and we, our four values that we're holding at Christ Our Life are um, worship, uh, formation, Hospitality. hospitality and justice. And so we put this on a board and we just went into a time of prayer of a lot of listening. So a lot of silence, asking people, Hey, what rises to the surface? And then from that place, um, we just had a big brainstorming session and um, 
hearing people say, hey, we how our heart is to invite people into this. We want to be actually hospitable. Um, and how do we do that? And, and to hear, you know, one woman had a verse from Isaiah that came to mind and we just sat with that for a while. And, and so I think it's, it's knowing that we have to have things accomplished, but then giving space um, to really listen um, and lean into maybe God's going to do something different with that. And it was a beautiful meeting. And I think within the meeting too, there was a deeper sense of um, ownership of, of this launch as people, they felt heard and trusted that the spirit was speaking through them too. And so um, it's, it's holding things loosely and, and giving space to, to listen. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, um, that's great. Uh, what a great example of, uh, being open to, instead of like a cookie cutter approach, like this is always how church plants work. I think that kind of approach is increasingly needed as, you know, the, our culture sort of, you know, it's not as stable as it used to be. There's all kinds of different contexts. Um, and so I think, I think your approach is, uh, is a good one. And the, the church is called, I guess I didn't realize this uh, before, but Christ Our Life. That's right. That's great. And I, I love your, um, you call those your values or the worship formation, uh, hospitality and justice? Yes. Yeah. Wow. It's a great template. Um, mm. And uh, makes me want to, makes me want to join, to join <laughs> the church. So let me know when your next meeting is. Um, <clears throat> so speaking of context and uh, joining the church uh, launch team, um, you guys are planting in Raleigh, um, which is not a new city for you. Some people move to a new city to plant a church, but you guys are planting a church in a city you've lived in for 17 years. What do what advantages do you think there are for you being longtime residents of Raleigh and planting a church there versus trying to plant in a city that you just got to? I think the advantages are one, just relation relationships already. Formed. I was in finance prior to ministry. Kara was teaching prior to ministry. And then, you know, in 17 years, you build a lot of different relationships in a lot of different spheres. And so I would say just like the relational ground grounding that we have here and understanding some of the dynamics at work within the city, because it's a very, very diverse city. And sometimes you can just talk about it is the mo- one of the most educated areas, but it's also one of the least educated areas. If you, depending on where you look, and there's, you know, just like every place, there's a lot of different um, communities. So part of it's just knowing those communities and knowing who to talk to about how to engage um, in a kingdom way in just the city. So that we're in. So I, I would say definitely one of the advantages is just relationship. Yeah. And I think a gift for us, um, when Tanner sent me off from the church, we were up previously COVID started and so the world our even our timeline of things really shifted. Um, and so I ended up teaching at a different school and Tanner started doing some carpentry work. And, and I think a real gift in that is over the last two, two and a half years, we have formed completely different relationships with different people in different parts of the city. And so um, just this opportunity to even be outside of ministry has really opened a lot of doors um, to people that we, we didn't know previously. And that that's exciting. That's really fun um, to think about 
inviting those people into what we're doing. Yeah, that's really great. What What do y'all love about Raleigh? Uh, I mean, like easy stuff is we actually have a lot of great restaurants. We've got a lot of, um, you know, it's a pretty family-friendly city as well. So it's got the city feel, but there's a lot to do with um, – there's a, it doesn't matter if you have a family or not, but we have three kids, so it's nice to be able to go just about anywhere and uh, be able to do that. I love all the nature stuff. There's a lot of actual, like, you could go to beach or mountains. You're about two hours away from either. And then even in, in here, we've got some great – I love mountain biking. There's some great trails and stuff around here. That's great. Anything to add for you, Kara? Yeah, it's called the City of Oaks, and it is just, I mean, there's just trees. You're, you're in a city, but it feels really green, and there's lots of greenways um, that run throughout the city. And then the food here really is <laughs> top-notch. So we like being outside, and we like eating well. So um, That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, on the flip side, what are, what are some of the needs and challenges uh, that Raleigh has that you're hoping maybe um, that your church can be part of? you know, meeting those needs or meeting those challenges? Yeah, Raleigh is um, growing rapidly. And so I think on one level, there's just a lot of new folks into the area who who need hospitality, who need to be connected. Um, and, you know, as things grow, there's, that means there's a lot more diversity that's, that's coming in. And um, so I think I just think helping people get connected, feeling rooted in a place is one need that folks in Raleigh could have. And then it, we're a Southern city. So, you know, you go to our capital and it's easy to see the Confederacy and our history, but also there's a, like the whole country right now, there's, um, there's, there's areas of our city, the city of Oaks, there's hidden neighborhoods behind trees. And there's hidden parts of our story that you need to listen to people's, um, particularly our black neighbors and friends. Some of their story hasn't been told in Raleigh or heard that well. And so there's a lot of need for listening, um, a lot of need for listening and believing people. <laughs> and uh, so... Um, there's, I mean, there's transportation needs. There's a lot of um, stuff related with voting in our city is a little interesting. Um, there's, you know, there's like in most cities, there's a lot of needs, but um, we're excited to even just listen to what those needs are and hopefully be a voice to like letting people know here's needs, yeah. not even necessarily solving them, but at least knowing what they are. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that approach. There's a, um, I think, a calling uh, that we have as the church to um, to bear witness, you know, especially to those who've been marginalized and kind of shoved to the sides of society mm -hmm. um, and just bearing witness to their needs and their challenges and their struggles and standing in solidarity uh, with them, I think, is a huge uh, part of this. Um, so we, We're excited, if I can jump into one of our stories to even become co-rectors, yeah. which I know you're familiar with, is one that I think we really saw, I think that's a need in mm. our area, particularly for 
um, care to be a rector in our city is a very different church. Um, even amongst, we'll be unique, even in, you know, our Anglican uh, community here, which we love, like absolutely love. So I think that is even something I'm really excited about is uh, yeah. just her leadership and that witness. And um, I think that's a needed thing for our community. So we want to plant, you know, and help um, even women particularly get to have pastoral like opportunities and be a launching pad for that in the area as well. That's great. Hey everybody, it's time once again for the C4SO Cycle of Prayer Spotlight, where we highlight the specific ministry we're praying for this week in our diocesan cycle of prayer. This week we're praying for Restoration Anglican Church in Richardson, Texas, which is led by the Reverend Dr. Jed Roseberry. And he has joined us to share briefly about what's going on right now and how we can pray specifically for them. Jed, welcome to the C4SO Cycle of Prayer Spotlight. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me on here. Uh, Jed, what is a something that you're encouraged by right now that's happening at Restoration? You know, um, it's been really exciting to see God move and uh, the lives of Restoration, the people in Restoration. And so just um, being a part of that journey, and I know there are quite a few people in Restoration that are walking along with others that are finally not finally, but they're 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 open to what God is doing in their life. They're hmm. they're allowing the Holy Spirit to shape and move in their hearts and their lives, and so it's very exciting. It's uh, it's it's a wonderful sense of renewal. It's a beautiful story of seeing re- literally restoration in the lives of individuals. And so we're just, we're honored, we're blessed, we're excited, we're pumped Mm -hmm. to be a part of God's larger narrative that's going on. And that we get to literally, like we literally get to join God in the restoration of all things. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's super encouraging. Um, On the flip side, what is a challenge you're facing right now that you want to share uh, with listeners? You know, I would say it's the other side of that very coin. Mm -hmm. Um, We are praying for wisdom and really uh, provision from God in how to use our Sunday morning worship space to serve the needs of more people, uh, Mm. especially uh, in growing in what we call the next generation. That's kind of our youth and children's ministry. And, um, you know, and we're launching into a new new season, just like everybody is. And so... Mm. We are uh, trying to be prayerful, asking for wisdom, praying for the gift of discernment in the midst of a time that um, is a little little bit confusing and yet a little bit exciting, all wrapped up into one. Hmm. Yes. Well, I appreciate you sharing uh, those challenges and that encouragement uh, with our listeners. Um, I really appreciate you spending a couple minutes sharing with us, Jed. Thanks. Oh, I'm blessed. Thank you so much. Listeners, if you'd like to find out more about Restoration Anglican Church or to contribute to their work, maybe be part of that provision uh, that uh, Jed referred to, 
you can check out the link in the show notes. I know you guys are kind of taking this contemplative approach and trying to listen to the spirit and be open to things perhaps, you know, proceeding differently than you imagined. But I also wonder what you are imagining. Um, You know, what's the dream here? What do you imagine this community uh, like eventually will look and feel and and be like uh, to be in? You know, when, when people say, hey, what's the deal with Christ our life? What kind of, you know, words do you use to cast vision for the kind of community that you want to become? Yeah, we definitely, well, I mean, it's, I guess it's, it's really in those values. Um, we want to be hospitable, um, in just a really big way, um, a way that when you walk in, um, you feel welcome. We want to think through what is it, what does it feel like for different kinds of people to walk into our service? How, like, how do we, how do we maybe even lay some, some of our own expectations to the side of thinking um, for, for different folks to walk in, but then also just a highly relational kind of hospitality. And so um, in one another's lives and in just being together, I think would be words that we think about. Um, and then just training ourselves to be a listening community, a place where people can share their stories and know that we're not immediately jumping in to fix their problems, um, but can hold them in prayer, listen to them, um, hopefully to be a place of rest and refuge for people um, where they see, taste and see that Jesus is is all, and then they can go back out into the world. So I, I do know that we're we're really sitting with what does it truly mean to be a hospitable community for folks? Yeah. And, you know, with Frederick Newton's passing, I, there's a part of him telling secrets. He has this part about like how he was at one church in his life that he ever really kind of felt. I don't know. I forget how he wrote it, like almost alive then. And I think part of that, like um, one is just, sobering to think of like over his whole story there was like one place where I almost felt safe um to be authentic and so I really think my desire is to have a church where people feel safe to be themselves and not be ashamed to say whatever it is to that they would not be ashamed to tell what's real and that they could talk about reality um, and know that God's in that place is when we can say the truth about ourselves, we're really saying we're walking in the light, um, which I love how John says, God is light. Like that, that's who God is. And so I want to be a listening community that makes every person that could walk through our doors know you're welcome here, like you belong here, and we're tr- going to try to see Christ in you and serve Christ in you. And so I hope it's like very diverse in terms of like age diversity, um, racial diversity, socioeconomic diversity. I hope we have different abilities in terms of physical abilities and um, 
that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to want. But I think in some ways that means kind of we need to be small. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's not going to be necessarily a big thing. Um, but hopefully we can, if this community is growing, we can help there be other communities that blossom out of our community. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I was just reflecting with um, some folks in our church last night um, as we're recording this uh, about some of that and how rare it is for people to have spaces where whatever is going on and whatever, however they are is okay. And they can just show up as they are and know that that's going to be okay. And just like lamenting the fact that those spaces are rare, but also rejoicing in the fact that, you know, we have been able to carve out a space Mm -hmm. like that. So I I resonate a lot with that vision. Um, And I, um, yeah, again, if I lived in Raleigh, I'd I'd join up, I'd join up. (laughs) Um, So you mentioned a little bit of this, but I'm curious, maybe just practically um, what the timeline is for you right now. You've got, it sounds like a group of people that you're meeting with and maybe you're thinking about taking another step in terms of inviting some more people into that vision? Like where, where are you at with this timeline and what do you foresee as kind of the next steps of organizing this uh, community? Yeah. So we are, we've had um, a group, kind of a core group that we've been meeting with since late spring. And um, so this fall we'll kind of just be continuing to build that group, beginning to meet more in a formal capacity Um rather than just like a planning type capacity. And actually that's, that's one of the things our group seems really excited about is just, just start being the church is what they, they, that came out of this meeting yeah. is ready to, to invite people in to this community. And so we are currently still looking for a space to meet. Um, but our hope is that maybe somewhere in the start of Advent, we will start having um, some preview services and some worship services, and then really up and running at the beginning of the year. So, great. Yeah, yeah like a Sunday official launch would hopefully be November, but again, it's dependent on building that core, getting some more financial resources, and then the location. But we're—I feel like we're getting close to all of them. So we're we're in the core group build still with. Um, movement movement towards launch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, yeah, I, I love, uh, love hearing about it. Um, and, uh, it's a, it's a lovely vision. Are there, uh, are there ways for people to connect with the church online? If they're interested, maybe they live in Raleigh or, or they just want to connect and see what you guys are up to. You guys have a website or I don't know, how can people connect with you uh, to hear more? Yes, we have a website, which is ChristOurLifeAnglican.com, okay. which is a lot of letters to spell <laughs> out. Just spell it out. And uh, yeah. man, you can reach, yeah, you could reach out to us there. There's contact forms there. Okay. We'd love to like connect with you, with yeah. anyone that's in the area and that's interested. So that's a lot of what we're doing in these, these days. Lots of dinners, coffees, having yeah. people place. Well, yeah, that's great. Uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes uh, of this episode as well. um, In case folks can't, it's pretty easy though. You know, it's a lot of letters, but you know, just spell out Christ, our life Anglican, you got it. So 
Yeah. Um, well, we'll finish uh, today with, uh, there's two questions I've been asking everybody on the C4SO podcast this year. Um, and uh, I'd love to hear uh, from both of you on both of these questions, perhaps. Uh, so the first question is this, what's a book, a movie, or a TV show that you appreciated recently? Could be, could be anything. doesn't have to deal with, you know, God or Christianity at all. I'm reading a, um, like a science fiction book called The Sparrow right now. Oh my gosh. I love The Sparrow. Do I can't, I love it. it I'm like abandoning my family and children (laughs) in the corner. So it is so good. Oh yeah, it is. It is so good. And the sequel is equally as good. I would recommend you. I was was actually a little nervous about the sequel because you know, it's, it's hard to, Mm-hmm. Thank you for telling me that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It's. Yeah, it's harrowing. It's a. It's quite a story. My goodness. So anyway, uh, th- anyway, I can't help get excited when somebody enjoys the same sci-fi as me. So. <laughs> I would say the this is light, but it's weird how much I've enjoyed only murders in the building, which is oh, yeah, just a a show with two old guys and Selena Gomez. And it's just, I don't know. It's just like, it's, really it's just fun and light. And I've really loved it. The book that I've loved the most, the re- me recently the most was Piranesi, which was like, uh, and that, I don't know, is just a fun read for me. So, um, yeah. So. I-, I love that one as well. So you guys are, you know, now I definitely have to move to Raleigh and join your church. <laughs> it's great. Um, I listened to Piranesi on audiobook. And there was something about the narrator of that uh, particular book and that story to me. It was just, it, I was enchanted. Enchanted, um, en- enchanted was uh, the, the way I felt listening to that. I didn't want it to end. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That is amazing. That, yeah. That amazing. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for that. that. That was delightful. Made my day. Um, what, uh, the second question is this, how can we pray for you? Ask the in my own soul, there is like anxiety with building, both in terms of like the list of things to do, but then like an anxiety with um, just like, I don't know, I, the act, I guess the way I would put it in the words, there's an internal anxiety with like, I really want to follow Christ and um, I don't want to be too busy or I want, I guess I, what I'd say is I don't want to be that language of like hurried. I want to like truly um, follow them. So the kind of the commitment to um, honest reflection, silence, and prayer to see those things come to light and just like give them to Christ, I guess, all that. And so if you just pray that, keep following him, keep, yeah. Yeah, keep for sure. Keep being with him. Yeah. Yeah, I think mine's very similar. I keep thinking about the Israelites in the wilderness and um, all these things that Moses has seen and yet he um, taps the rock, even though God has told him just to let the water flow. And so I think a prayer of mine has been um, 
that I would listen and trust in a way that I didn't feel it necessary to tap the rock to show people that I'm in control or I'm the one that's making this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it is truly God who is providing. And it's, it's really easy when you are leading something to put yourself in that space. And so I think just a continued prayer of leaning deeper into a trust and um, decreasing so that it's Jesus that, that people see. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. I appreciate you sharing those uh, prayer requests with us and um, sharing some of what's going on in Raleigh. Um, This has been a a lovely conversation. Uh, Listeners, you can uh, look up what's going on uh, with Tanner and Kara at ChristOurLifeAnglican.org. Com? Com. All right. Very good. Again, there will be a link in the show notes. I will look this up to make sure I get it right. Um, Thanks again, uh, Kara and Tanner, for being with us. Yeah, thank Very you. Easy. This is wonderful. Thanks for listening to this episode of the C4SO podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. Email us your thoughts and suggestions at connect at c4so.org.